Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Mark it down, Quaid. Mark safe in the 2020 COVID-19 virus scare. Uh, welcome to the news roundtable. It's Thursdays. Yes, yes. By the way, yesterday's show was not a uh, uh, best of. I had a couple people ask me. Boy, about that's that. true. Ooh, you got that right. It was uh, not a best of. What are you making fun of me? What you didn't no, like my it was, segment? It was it's, you. It was you recorded earlier in the morning. I just pre-recorded it literally like forty-five minutes right. before I, I would have normally that. been in. in Anybody here. that listened to it could tell that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. yeah. No, it was a reference to people like Scott said it was a best of. Like, no, it wasn't a best. Uh, that was very of the moment. If that's all you're worrying about right now, folks, <laughs> God, don't pay attention to it. I made a mistake. Pay attention to other stuff that's going on. Uh, yes, uh, he is right in the sense that there are bigger things uh, happening uh, these days as uh, coronavirus is sweeping the nation. Uh, kind of. Uh, there are things being uh, shut down. I'm sure you've heard over the last 24 hours about uh, cancellations of many things. Uh, there's been talk about uh, perhaps questions thrown Springfield's way about uh, the upcoming primary uh, on Tuesday. Uh, is that in danger? So uh, the governor and some other people have weighed in on that. So we'll talk about that. Plus, never let a good crisis go to waste. Words from former Chicago mayor Rahm Emanuel's mouth. So the Chicago Teachers Union went, now is the time. And they stood up yesterday at a news conference in uh, Chicago and thought, now is our moment. We're going to make some new demands beyond what we negotiated for in our contract that just got signed uh, less than a year ago. So we'll talk about what the CTU is demanding. And by the way, as soon as the CTU was done, the SEIU stood up and went, us too, us too. And don't think it'll stop there. But that doesn't mean that there can't be some wiggle room for some give and take. We'll talk about that coming up on the back half of today's show. But first things first, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. This just in. Uh, QHS-TV is reporting on uh, via Twitter that uh, the showcase of excellence is canceled for the weekend. That call made by Superintendent Roy Webb about an hour ago. So uh, no uh, Quincy High School showcase of excellence. Quincy University says it's limiting attendance at its sporting events due to coronavirus. QU said last night that as of today, it's closing its home athletic competitions to the general public until further notice. The university says it's following the recommendation of public health professionals advising the NCAA. Statement says it only registered QU students, employees, approved university volunteers, and immediate family members of student participants who have permission from QU can attend. The university says its Communicable Disease Task Force and the President's Cabinet 
We'll continue to monitor the latest information from healthcare professionals for managing the pandemic. University will continue to review the status of other campus events scheduled in the coming days and weeks as well. Governor J.B. Pritzker has issued a state disaster proclamation for Illinois as four new cases of COVID-19 have been reported. That brings the total to 11, and all patients are in the Chicago area, including a Chicago public school teacher and now two of her family members as well. The disaster proclamation will let the state recoup response costs from the federal government, and it authorizes the governor to activate Illinois National Guard reservists, some of whom may be doctors or nurses. The uh, Pritzker administration also says that they are taking additional steps and that they are going to uh, seek uh, file emergency rules to let people unemployed due to COVID-19 qualify for unemployment benefits to the full extent under federal law. Statement from the governor's office says that if a person is off work due to no fault of their own, they can seek unemployment insurance benefits from IDES. Attorney General Kwame Raoul of Illinois is warning the uh, public about potential COVID-19 scams. Raoul says his office has already heard about bogus emails and social media posts trying to get people to buy supposed coronavirus cures like elderberry, garlic, and essential oils. It don't work, folks. There's no cure for it yet. Raul also cautions against donating to charities related to the outbreak before confirming they are legitimate. Another Adams County polling place is being moved ahead of Tuesday's primary for health reasons. Adams County Clerk Chuck Venvelo said uh, yesterday that voters won't use the polling place at the Good Samaritan home in Quincy. Instead, they'll vote at Trinity Church on South 24th Street. Venvelo released a statement saying the move was made in an effort to be considerate of the health of residents at Good Samaritan home, end quote. That will affect about 500 voters, including those at Good Sam. Venvelo says the decision to move was made after he and Adams County Public Health Administrator Jared Welch visited both Good Sam and St. Vincent's home. He added that the St. Vincent's polling place isn't being moved because it's in a separate building from residents. Venvelo says in the statement, quote, We feel moving this site is a wise precautionary measure. It might be something to look at permanently in the future, but for now it is a temporary move, end quote. You remember that Venvelo also announced that polling places at the Illinois Veterans Home would temporarily be moved to the National Guard Armory on Cooks Lane. Voters in one Pike County, Illinois village will decide on a measure to prevent alcohol sales next week. Kinderhook residents say their community has always been dry, but next week's election could open up new opportunities for revenue. Kinderhook is a village of uh, just over 200 people. And the Hook in Kinderhook is the village's only restaurant. It serves food and beverages right now, but it hopes to expand its choice of beverages with next week's vote as well. Uh, they say that they want support from the community, from the polls, and the public as well. Okay, and the community group that wants to see a 53-cent property tax hike on Tuesday's ballot approved for the Quincy Public Schools will hold one last forum later on this evening. That last meeting at John Wood Community College is set for 6.30 in the Mary Ellen Orr Auditorium. Officials say the presentation itself will take less than an hour, but officials will answer any questions about the proposed referendum for the district's education fund in December, the board voted to put a 53-cent tax hike on the March 17th ballot. If passed, it would generate an estimated $5.3 million a year to cover the cost of new state mandates of a $15 per hour minimum wage and a $40,000 minimum teacher salary. The group also says the additional funding would also meet the needs of a, quote, constantly evolving educational system, end quote. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here 
on WTAD.com and also on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. And that includes uh, updates uh, when things are getting uh, canceled and or postponed uh, exactly. in the tri-state area. Exactly. Because those are always uh, evolving. So th- I almost think of this like a, a weather situation where things are, you know, potentially being can- based on those groups getting together, discussing it, talking about it, and whether or not. So kind of like that. Exactly. Exactly right. I mean, it's always going to be changing, so we'll keep our best, do our best to uh, keep you updated on it uh, any time of the day or night. All right. Thank you very much, sir. 10.15. We'll take a time out when we come back. Uh, amidst the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, situation, the Chicago Teachers Union decided now is the right time to push beyond our contract uh, agreements. We'll get into that next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Back of the News Roundtable. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Late last night, the Chicago Sun-Times put out a piece uh, about the upcoming primary uh, here in the land of Lincoln next Tuesday, uh, saying that uh, election officials uh, were quoted yesterday uh, as saying that they were moving forward with the primary as scheduled uh, this next Tuesday, State Board of Elections uh, spokesperson Matt Dietrich said no one at the state agency had been contacted about postponing the election. State law uh, doesn't uh, allow for elections to be postponed. Uh, however, there are some people saying that uh, within the Illinois Constitution that elections are supposed to be free and equal, arguing that uh, free and equal can't happen amid this COVID-19 situation if people are uh, isolating uh, themselves. Uh, so uh, that's that argument that's out there, but the state is still standing by. We're moving forward uh, as uh, we have planned. There are apparently some poll workers in the Chicagoland area who have notified uh, their uh, boards that they're not going to be there on Election Day, but uh, apparently it's not a large number of uh, poll workers. Uh, officials say they plan uh, on having Tuesday like uh, always, uh, but they also did say, and you probably heard this too, Scott, uh, don't forget about early voting. You can go and, and yeah. early. That's still a thing. That's fact, not stopped. In fact, here in Adams County, you can vote uh, from 830 to 6 uh, tomo- today and tomorrow. You can go from 9 to 2 on Saturday and then regular hours, uh, eight to four thirty, and mail-in voting you have to have in by today. Right. That yes, that that is today, but that's just so that you can it right. will get there uh, in time. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. If being out in in public amongst uh, the masses uh, voting and, pri- and and please primaries are usually not as busy as a general, mm-hmm. um, but still there are people gathered in spaces uh, that are a little smaller than you would usually find them. So. Uh, certainly not any more than going to a restaurant or something. Uh, officials uh, said the board uh, is, however, going to offer hand sanitizer and wipes to uh, voting locations so that polling sites can be wiped down periodically. I don't know if that's just in the Chicagoland area or statewide, but as of now, 
uh, Tuesday's primary is moving forward as scheduled. As we told you on the beginning of the show, uh, former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel famously said, never, never let a good crisis go to waste, meaning you can use it as leverage to achieve things. The Chicago Teachers Union has taken that to heart. Why does that matter? You're like, why is Chicago? The CTU, uh, in many cases, uh, uh, swings a large bat and affects uh, IFT and IEA in many cases. Uh, so the unions uh, decided to get together and hold a news conference yesterday at the Chicago City Hall and put forward a list of demands that you would normally say, <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, but because of COVID-19, they the, unveiled this. Uh, their demands are they want 15 paid sick days a year instead of the mandated five. Uh, and they want that protection extended statewide. Case in point, uh, CTU uh, holds sway over a larger area than just Chicago uh, itself. Other unions are paying attention uh, to that. Uh, so three times the number of sick days they're demanding. They also uh, want a citywide Meals on Wheels program, uh, Internet access, and electronic devices for students who may be forced to stay home because of school closings. Now, in the Chicagoland area, there are a couple of schools who have closed. Uh, you have the teacher who came back from mm -hmm. uh, the cruise and uh, went to, to, to school, and so they shut it down uh, just in case there were a situation where this teacher or, you know, she was a carrier, and uh, perhaps some of her family may have been affected, or students or coworkers. So there's a couple of schools uh, in Chicago that have closed for the next couple of weeks because of this situation. Uh, they want also debt forgiveness. Uh, they want suspended mortgage payments. They also want a temporary shutdown of eviction court and a moratorium on utility shutoffs. Uh, they also uh, are demanding no more penalizing schools by basing funding on school attendance. That's not fair. Uh, because some kids may decide to stay home or their parents may decide to keep them home because of COVID-19, and they don't want to be penalized because of that. Uh, they also demand adequate cleaning supplies, and they demand a nurse in every school sooner than the most recently signed teacher's contract uh, demands. Uh, and uh, right after these five uh, demands were unveiled, the SEIU president, Greg Kelly, essentially jumped up and said, Us too! We want in on this! Uh, he says the uh, uh, supplies and these things should be extended to the 90,000 home care, child care, nursing home, and hospital workers that he represents across the state. Did I say that the CTU holds sway? Uh, over more than just Chicago, this is case in point. This idea comes out. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Us, us too. Uh, the teachers union would like infrastructure built to support what they're calling remote learning. Now, uh, I understand the, the, the ask. I understand the point of remote learning. Please know that if you have this put in place, would there ever be a reason to go to school in the first place? Why wouldn't you just learn from home? Why wouldn't school just be done on those devices? Why would you need a school building itself? 
Are you sure you want to follow through on this? Also, how would you propose that students be forced to log in and participate uh, through those devices? How could you enforce that? I don't know that uh, demands are demands, but have you really thought them through to their logical end? I'm not sure that the CTU has. I think these are fair questions to volley uh, back towards them. Uh, are we looking at a slowdown for many things? Certainly. Uh, but they're for precautionary sake. If you're saying that schools would be closed for a certain amount of time, why would that be any different than perhaps using them like you would a snow day and you just extend the school year into the summer months? Why not just approach it that way instead of rebuilding how school happens? Um, uh, again, I, uh, the, perhaps there are easier answers to this than just making demands and saying, I don't know how you're going to get from point A to point Z, just make it happen. Oh, and do it quickly. Uh, are there uh, situations where there are things that could be discussed concerning these? Well, sure. But I think ultimately a lot of it comes back to we, the people, being there for each other. If you're in Chicago and your school has shut down, again, there's only a couple, but just for scenario's sake, you have devices at your home. And that's to say, is, is the school even built with the infrastructure to have class that way in each classroom? Is that even a, a, a logistical reality right now? And how much would that cost if it's not? These are all questions that need to be. The cost is a big part of this. Cost is a big issue when you start talking about uh, Chicago schools, Illinois schools across the board. Uh, so as things slow down, money movement slows down, uh, the stock market slows down. That's bad news for teachers because those pensions rely on a certain amount of return from the market, the areas they're invested in. And when those slow down, that money coming back in slows down. So the worse the market is doing, the worse this gets, the worse the money coming in for the teachers' unions gets. This only pushes us another step closer or a, a lunge closer towards de facto bankruptcy here in the state of Illinois. You want to rebuild something? Uh, if there is a de facto bankruptcy declared, that's when rebuilding will happen. That's when restructuring will occur. Are you prepared to have those negotiations? That would allow the state some leeway to perhaps talk about some of these things you're discussing here in Chicago that then would then be used by other unions around the state. Yeah, well, they're doing it there. We should have that as well. Uh, please know that uh, just these demands... Uh, aren't going to float out there on their own and survive, uh, despite their half-lives. Uh, there are uh, other things beyond these demands. There's consequences to all of them. Uh, they don't just live in their own bubble. Uh, if you want to actually start negotiating on these things, maybe they should be part of the uh, bargaining process when you have the, like you had last year, when you were threatening to go on strike and you put together a new plan. Maybe these should be part of those negotiations moving forward. But when you uh, put these things into place, are you going to put them in place for worst-case scenario or, as you currently have in place, the most common scenario?
that's a good question. It's a good thing moving forward. Worst case scenario always costs exponentially more than most likely scenario. I'm just pointing out, if you really want worst case scenario to be budgeted for, worst case scenario perhaps involves the state being de facto bankrupt and your pensions not being able to be fulfilled. Are you prepared to go worst case scenario, CTU, and consequently, IFTNIEA? Or are you just willing to treat days that school may not be in session as snow days and extend the year into the summer? We're not done talking about this because as we're learning, each day is a new chapter and we learn different things about COVID-19 and about how we're responding to it. Stay tuned. That's the Thursday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.